0: probably noon pdt is it pdt or pst oh it's ptsd uh it's noon as long as i don't hear any loud noises on the way to the office in the morning (laughs) i'm zach i'm riff and i'm kevin and it's time for episode number 152 of video games hot dog the podcast we do that is about video games Sure. How is. you guys been?
1: Pretty good. How you been?
0: Camping. Okay. We have been camping. We went on uh we went on a little Yosemite camping adventure with our buddies at Campo Santo.
1: Were you all like wrestle frozen fucking 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 No, we were Not exactly.
0: I got to I got to repeat uh to 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 people in real life, my classic tweet about Yosemite Sam being much more popular than his cousin anti-Semite Sam. (laughs) Um, that's a joke that actually works better in writing.
2: Mm. I don't know. I think it it like it takes a little while to sink in.
0: Well yeah it's like a it's like a joke bomb in real life. It's it's just like a it's like a joke gun. You don't really want a joke to bomb though, so I don't know that Mm.
2: a joke grenade. Yeah.
0: That's the that's what emo emo Williams described it as.
2: You, you told your joke to Emo Williams? Yeah,
0: he was like, oh, that was a pretty good joke grenade. Oh, that's a pretty good joke grenade, <laughs> he said. And I said, thanks, Emo. No, oh, Emo Phillips. Did I see Emo Williams? You did. I did, because I was thinking of Remo Williams. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> the weird I believe you mean blue-collar superhero? Yeah. Remo Ray- <laughs> Williams. Guy. Yeah, so... Yeah, the camping trip was a lot of fun. We we sat around and ate a lot of really we ate much better food than we normally eat here well, at this restaurants was a and car stuff. Camp. Car was.
2: camping. Wait, what you it was better food than we eat at restaurants? Yes.
0: I have never had an ear of corn at a restaurant. Okay. That's a hundred percent not true. I've had ears of corn with you at restaurants, Kevin. Sure. Anyway, It was much nicer than... uh, Normally, Normally, when Kevin and I go camping, we go camping way the fuck out in the middle of nowhere where we have to carry everything with us and there's no one to hear our screams. (laughs) I mean, the screams of our victims. Ours are more like grunts. Uh, The victims are grunts? Or the... Yeah. The gr... The... Zug-zug. Yeah. Peons. Yeah, they're peons. Okay. What is the... Is it peons? Grunts is the orc version of peons? Yeah, the peons are humans. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, anyway. But this so time we, we were car camping we were and, and therefore we had a giant cooler filled with beer. Yeah, a lot of beer, a lot of whiskey. We brought more beer than we could drink, Riff. Gosh. Yeah, I,
1: I didn't know. know that was a quantity that existed in real life.
2: <clears throat> there were 12 of us and we had more beer yeah, than
0: we Yeah, there could were drink. 12 of us all drinking beer and we still brought a lot of beer back with us. Yep. Yep. <laughs>
2: We also brought. I mean, there was also rum and whiskey and mm. scotch and some more whiskey and some more whiskey.
0: So there yeah, was, and then Sean <coughs> bought some more whiskey at the weird lodge store. Yeah, where ice. Okay, so Sean bought a, an entire bottle of whiskey, and it was $10. A bag of ice was $11. <laughs> huh. it's, it's How like much a, was printer ink? A super weird, specific, <laughs> geographical monopoly. They were like, it I'll bet you motherfuckers rough. need some ice. <laughs> they were just giving that shit
2: away, because you don't need it out in the wilderness, but they sure as hell know you
0: want ice. Yeah, they do. Fire
2: was a million dollars
0: yeah so that was fun we got to we got to see half a dome. that's true then we got to see a model of half a dome within sight of half a dome yep
1: I saw a couple we, of domes
0: yeah where well were they? that
1: sounds like a d like i'm setting up a boob joke, but i'm totally not uh i I went to see the uh biosphere two in uh
2: tucson so is that a thing that i guess I don't know how to ask this question so like it is clearly not like still running in its sort of experimental state
1: but it's not running in that particular experimental state where someone is living in it and doesn't yeah. get to leave but they are still running a lot of experiments in terms of like what happens if this rainforest suddenly gets 10 degrees hotter and things okay. like
2: that. Is okay is it still more or less hermetically sealed i believe so more or less i mean
1: because I were, they let tourists, tourists, in. Because yeah. tourists are allowed in it's not like totally so but there are like airlocks and things did
0: you fuck it up by hurling a bunch of exotic seeds in every direction
1: <laughs> 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 uh, if i had thought of that i would have taken some with me Plenty i know that's often your acorn somewhere. instinctual
0: response when threatened is to hurl exotic yes, just, seeds uh, in spread, every direction. <laughs> that's right
1: spread my seeds so mm. there's oats. If groats. They, groats, yes. They have a really neat um, – the, the most interesting part of it for me was they have – they had to solve the problem of that you've got this basically sealed greenhouse mm-hmm. in the middle of the desert. And mm-hmm. when it gets hot, the air inside it expands and you don't want all the windows to fucking break when that happens. Okay. So they had to solve the, the problem of, like, uh, like greatly different, huge differences in air pressure based on temperature from time to time.
2: Is it that huge, really?
1: Apparently so, yeah. Huh. And the way they solved it is they've got these two domes. Uh, like, they only really needed like one. boobs. Yeah, exactly. They only needed one, but the other one is for, like, redundant systems backup. And, okay. And what it is is inside it, uh, so you've got the, the main dome, which is like to protect the, the, the actual system from the elements. And the actual system is a rubber, uh, just like sort of like a rubber skin ceiling with a giant, like, I think he said it was like 90 feet across aluminum plate on it. And so as the, uh, air pressure in the building increases, the this rubber dome just inflates, and as it decreases, the weight of the aluminum plate on it like lets the the rubber sag in so that the air gets pushed out appropriately to the rest of the complex and he the guy demonstrated how it works but was like, all right, so if I open this door, <laughs> all the air starts rushing out and the ceiling starts collapsing on us, and then I close it and it reinflates and it, it and you could observe like the thing
2: like pushing the ceiling just going back up. It was really crazy. Huh. That is not one of the things that I would have imagined it would have been a challenge. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, that was pretty much the most
1: interesting, like the, the, uh, not that thing in particular, but hearing the tour guide talk about all the, the sort of mechanical problems they had to come up with and deal with and like matters of, you know, circulating all the water that that they needed to make everything run and filtration right. and everything. Was My it-
0: memory of it is that, like, because they, they were doing that stuff, I think, while I was in high school. And it was, like, right around the corner. And I don't think it ever really operated correctly. Like, I don't think they were ever in there for more than a couple of months before there was some kind of emergency that caused them to have to open it up. And
2: I thought, like, one woman got pregnant or something in what one, i in heard either biosphere one or biosphere two and so well, like she had to leave early
1: biosphere one is just the planet apparently is oh is it, it is, yeah that's why this is called
0: biosphere two yeah, this wasn't but, the sequel to anything
2: didn't yeah, but, i thought this was i thought they made two of these experiments though didn't they i is this I, the only I, one I, that I they did i don't
1: know enough about it to to say huh
2: I would not have guessed that the only one would have been in Arizona. That seems like a strange
1: what he said why the 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 eight person team living in their experiment failed was that although they were they were getting enough nutrients from the food that they could make themselves, they weren't getting enough calories, and so eventually just sort of malnutrition forced them to.
0: They had to eat each other. Yeah.
1: Well, apparently that it it took them like they were all friends and colleagues when these eight people went in there. And it took them two weeks, apparently, to start hating each other's guts. Wow. Yeah. They like the tour guide said they totally split into two teams and each team considered them us and the other team them. Interesting. Two weeks. And it wasn't like split along gender lines or anything like that.
0: Well, I mean, do you think it's because they had two domes?
1: Uh, the 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 two domes are just uh, those weren't like living areas. Those are just the things that 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 regulate the air pressure. the The actual complex they were living in was was all one thing.
0: I mean, I realized that the reason that you didn't make a joke about that is because I didn't set one oh, up. Oh, I
1: didn't realize but, you were making a joke. But so. I wasn't.
0: I, yeah, I wasn't really serious about that in any way. I just, you know. Yeah, domes. domes. Jokes.
2: So, was it? Here's a question: That was the. Was it a like a geodesic sphere domes? Uh, was it?
0: Was it? Was it a pair of Bucky's balls?
2: <laughs> well, two two
1: halves of one of them, I guess.
0: Oh, I didn't go. All, it wasn't like a sphere that was just buried, like a rainbow.
2: <laughs> I, uh, I I've also heard that those spheres or those domes, I guess, have um. Have trouble just supporting the weight of the windows because, like, with all the triangular frames, they they want to flex, and like, windows will just pop out of of geodesic spheres that hmm. are undergoing a lot of changes in pressure. Is this
0: a weird joke you're setting up, or are you no. just dropping some boring <laughs> science facts? This is just on Some us.
2: science facts. <laughs> it's it's intersection so intersection hard to tell <laughs>
0: science and architecture. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kevin. I didn't mean to imply that your science facts were boring.
2: It's okay. Just because you're you're not a a true lover of all things science, it's okay.
0: You also went to Tombstone. Did you have a Did you have a sasparilla?
2: I did, in fact, have a sasparilla.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> then we, I thought you might have.
1: <laughs> we went to a we went to a uh, family saloon, <laughs> and. Uh, and my dad ordered a beer, which the, the, the waiter with his big cowboy mustache, like happily discussed local beers with my dad for a time. And then I was like, do you, do you have any root beer? And he says, we've got a mighty fine sarsaparilla. And I was like, okay, that'll do.
0: <laughs> and then did he, and then there was a ding as it hit the spittoon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been nice. I wonder, I wonder how they would do that. Maybe they you could have, like, a little radio frequency button in your pocket that would a- activate the little microelectric hammer in the side of the spittoon.
0: Or you could also just have a thing in your... You could just have a yak back in your pocket that made a spittoon noise, and probably no one would notice that it came from your <laughs> pants instead of the spittoon. You
2: could just have a bell inside a spittoon. <laughs> just... Every time you spit in there, it causes
0: the bell to... Oh, climb. yeah.
2: Like a... a, a moisture
1: activated Mm
0: -hmm. or just a bell right Mm -hmm. that i mean like because really anything can be spit activated right (laughs) i mean like i have a spit activated get grossed out feature (laughs) that just triggers (laughs) i don't know
1: if i don't i mean i've never tried to spit at something i i don't trust myself not to just hit my shirt
0: Eh, I mean you're not gonna, you might hit your shoe. You're Probably not gonna hit never your shirt, chewed
2: tobacco either though.
0: Well, that is also true. Have you guys have you never chewed tobacco? No. Oh, it's fucking great. By great do you mean disgusting? It is disgusting, but Jesus <laughs> Christ, you understand why people do it. Because it's instant crazy nicotine, years, kids. <laughs> no, it's amazing. Yeah. seriously, it's Ugh, it is it God. is so it is much so more like drugs it. than anything else that's legal. It's fucking gross and weird and awesome and don't ever do it. I mean you're never going to.
2: No, no fucking way. I was, I was trying to quit so I was gross. trying
0: to quit smoking. I was like, what is what would be a worse thing than smoking <laughs> cigarettes? Like what I want something like cigarettes except also I'll never ever get laid.
1: <laughs>
0: and I went to the store and they were like, "You know what you need to try? Some wintergreen Copenhagen."
1: <laughs> <laughs> Obviously what they need is e-snuff. Oh, God. You just have like a little microchip that you tuck under your lip. <laughs> <laughs>
0: snuff is snuff is weird. 'Cause it like, were you supposed to put snuff in your mouth or was it snorted? It's snorted. I think the yeah. Snuff is like snorted tobacco. My dad had like a tiny can of snuff that he bought, I think, as a sort of a novelty thing. He was like, oh snuff. That's a thing that they would have done in the eighteen hundreds if they were cool guys. <laughs> And uh, That's,
2: like, tobacco you eventually remove and throw out, right? Like, chewing tobacco? Yeah. So, but snuff, it's not like you go up there
0: and retrieve it. But it's, like, ground up so fine that it just, I think, that all of it, you know, drains down your, I mean, it, your it's lungs. not like... I mean, it's like it's not like you go fishing around for the cocaine you snorted either, right? I mean, it's just like (laughs) it's up there for a little while and the important parts of it get into your blood and then the rest of it just drizzles down the back of your throat and tastes like raspberries. (laughs) The only time I ever tried snuff, it was raspberry flavored snuff. And I described it as my entire head is filled with raspberry flavored pain. (laughs) 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 I saw...
2: I saw the last episode of The Wire. I finished. I finished that whole series. That is a fucking good show. Is it? I still yeah. never watched any of them.
0: The overthinking it guys still characterize it as the best television that has ever existed. What? what
2: it is, sort of
1: thing is it? Is it a cop thing? It's a cop
0: show.
2: Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it also like I feel like it gives equal time to the the law enforcement and the the criminal elements, hmm. um, and just has some of the the strongest character driven television I've ever seen. It's it's really really strong. Like it's a thing where I, you know, I saw it and then like a week later I'm still thinking about all the different characters and sort of their arcs and hmm. what they went through and like,
1: I have to yeah. check
2: that.
0: Is that on Netflix or anything? Uh I it's think- an HBO show, so it's not on Netflix. Uh, it is on- probably on Amazon Prime Amazon at this point. Pri- they they oh, yeah, HBO they decided they were gonna contract, start putting things
2: on Amazon Prime things, three years. Though, which, yeah, yeah which
0: but the wire the wire, I mean the wire started yeah, yeah. in two thousand
1: two. I I was hoping I'd be able to get to see uh what's that new thing with the King in Yellow
2: show.
0: Now, right? My dad watched the first season of The Wire and really liked it, and he died in two thousand two. So Okay. It's It was definitely prior to that.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of the I, show resolves... Or something super
0: fucking weird is going on.
2: A lot of the show revolves around sort of what happens as cell phones become more and more prevalent. Hmm. Um,
0: yeah, I remember the big, like, change. sort of, I saw the only episode of The Wire that I've ever seen is I think the last episode of the first season where they finally figure out a mystery they've been trying to solve about how they they're getting these dumb, fucked up, crackheads to understand a code
2: yeah okay um
0: and and it turns out it was a cool code a yeah. code so simple even a crackhead could understand it but so fiendishly difficult that even a cop can't <laughs> <laughs> yep so there's some stuff about codes yeah what is the titular wire the it is
2: the like the the wiretap
0: ah. oh right doesn't it stop being about that like, doesn't it, like, just sort of fundamentally change what the show is about?
2: Every season is a different—focuses on a different aspect of, like— A different the, wire? The, well, not not just a different wire, but a different aspect of, like, Baltimore's socioeconomic climate. Um, and while the first season is, like, sort of really heavily invested in the wire—the the, wiretap, like, there's always a wiretap— present in some form or another throughout the whole show. It's just sometimes it's super minimal and sometimes it's s- super illegitimate. And sometimes it's like other, you know, like it's like, there's other things going on. Um, And you, it does, it definitely is not like sort of the centerpiece of the show after the first season or so. Uh, but yeah, like super, super good show. I watched the entire thing with subtitles as well. Um, if you can Why? understand what they are saying in the very first scene without any problems, then you probably don't need them. Um, I was confused both as to the dialect and the the specific language, and was super glad for a portion of the show that I, that that the um, subtitles were on. Like, I didn't need it over half the time, probably, but every now and then somebody would say something and like either their particular vocabulary or their accent would be just so out there that I was really glad that I just didn't have to think about it. And I could just focus on watching the show. Hmm. Okay. Um, So, I mean, that's, that is definitely going to vary. It translated
1: vocabulary too, like, like if somebody is using weird slang, it's different in the subtitles.
2: No, it just like being able to, hear something and see it to understand what they were saying plus the context clues. Everything just made way more sense.
0: Yeah, like if you, I mean, it's a lot harder to interpret a sentence if you're pouring over the last like three seconds of audio that came into your brain trying to figure out where the divisions between the words are and stuff. So like in a lot of cases, I think even just a little bit of assistance are going to make a huge difference for comprehensibility.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, if I think back on it, like, I potentially would have had subtitles on if I had really been thinking about it for, say, uh I'm to say, like, Deadwood. Transpotting? Oh, Deadwood? Really? Yeah, maybe. Because mm. that language is so dense that I had to back up and watch it multiple times. Yeah, but you watch it on Netflix, so you
0: can just hit that button to go back 30 seconds.
2: If you have, if you have good enough internet where it goes back, mm. and you can actually watch something on Netflix to begin with.
0: I can't watch anything on Netflix at all at our apartment, hmm. which is why I just haven't watched anything on Netflix in the last nine months.
2: I found out that the streaming Netflix, the basic streaming plan is good for two people. Like you can watch on stuff on two screens simultaneously. Yeah. Just no questions asked. When
0: you log on, it asks you whether you're you or your girlfriend.
2: Right. Um, and then you can upgrade to a four screen plan for some more money if
0: you want it. They call that four square. Oh, yeah. The price is that you always have to tell the internet where you are. Okay. <laughs> and you can become king of Circle K. <laughs> have you guys been playing any video games?
1: Um, mainly all I played was, uh, uh, well, let's see, it's been two weeks now. I played, I I've gotten to about halfway, maybe a third of the way through New Game Plus of Dark Souls 2. And then I interrupted that to start playing Dark Souls 1.
0: Do you have any observations? Do you have any experiences to share?
1: Um, I would say that Dark Souls Two is better, but it's not. It's not like crazy better. It's it's like an evolutionary step forward. Like the obviously the graphics are a little nicer, but also the interface is a little better polished, and the controls are a little tighter, and and just the the quality of life changes that they made, like things that cut down aggravation, like. Like being able to warp from bond to fire to bonfire were no- really noticeable in their absence in the first one. But uh, once I'm, now that I'm like getting used to not having those things, it's, uh, I'm getting into it. It's, it's, uh, it's another Souls game and I really liked Dark Souls 2, so I'm enjoying this one too. You Did can't... you ever
2: play Demon Souls? Uh, no, I haven't. You would you, do you think you would go back and play that?
1: Probably not. I'm I'm watching an LP of that now, actually, and I'm not right now. Huh? But uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> before bed, I watch a couple episodes, and uh, it's it looks pretty rough compared to to these to these other two. And I mean, I'm sure it's it'd probably still be good if I got into it, but that I feel like there was more of a more of a leap both in uh you know visuals but also in game mechanics and design from Demon Souls to Dark Souls 1 than there was from 1 to 2 and I think that might be farther back than I'm willing to deal with are you playing Demon
2: Souls on a console yeah okay i was going to ask if you had were playing it on the on a PC whether or not you had that mod installed that like Updated the graphics or not? Mm-hmm. No. Uh-oh. Okay. I Okay. mean, the graphics are did fine. With Dark Souls Dark 20, Souls one. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah.
0: not a game about the graphics anyway. Well, but apparently the PC port. Apparently the PC port, the graphics were oily, shitty but... compared to the console yeah, or the, the, of Dark the, the, Souls yeah.
2: One. Dark Souls One. Dark Souls One. yeah. The Dark huh.
1: Souls One PC port apparently was was virtually unplayable without the mods, is what I heard. Yeah, that's what I heard as
0: well. I enjoyed it well enough. I didn't get very far into it, but. Ah, man. I don't know if you listened to last episode that you weren't on or not, but I, I got, I got fed up with Dark Souls 2. I think Mm -hmm. I'm, I think I'm done. I got a lot of, uh, there's a lot of listeners mail explaining to me in weird ways. Like something that's interesting about a lot of the feedback that I've gotten. It's not like you're an idiot noob. It's like, yep, these are things that are kind of bullshit. And,
2: but people still, Give it the benefit of the doubt and work through all that.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I keep saying that I think I'm done, but I don't know if I'm actually done Do you feel compelled to go back? I mean, because I have just been in this sort of weird, and it's weird. I feel like this is happening across all of the podcasts that I listen to. It's like this weird dead zone for video games right now. Hmm. It's just kind of a slump. Like, nothing feels... Like, it's worth playing, really. Nothing is... Huh. This would be a time when I would normally, like, get into Diablo 3 again or whatever, except I don't really want to do that. Um, How far have you gotten? Into Dark Souls 2? Yeah. <clears throat> I beat the first boss, and I spent a bunch of time in in uh, Hegel's Tower of Flame uh, without... Finding that first bonfire and got so pissed off that now that I have found the first bonfire, I'm just like, eh. you can you can listen to it. You can listen to last week's episode. My, my okay. like people addressed a lot of my frustrations. Riff, here's a question for you. Sure. Explain, explain this to me, because this is a thing that I don't get why this is like this. somebody. Somebody actually sent in a listener's mail where they explained why. The stick that the hag sells for 800 souls does two or three times as much damage as every other weapon in the game.
1: I'm not sure what stick you're referring to.
0: It's the one that is a fucking stick that does three times as much damage as the sword that shoots lightning bolts and the sword that is wreathed in flame. The listener explained, it is just your build that that was true for, right? That's not what this guy said. The guy said this, this, that stick is one of the best weapons that deals striking damage, which does extra damage against opponents who are armored, which is all opponents. (laughs) So that is always going to do more damage than basically any sword, which is just,
1: I remember her selling a stick.
0: It's 800 souls. It's just a fucking stick. It is a piece of wood. And if you keep upgrading it, it is just apparently is a, always the best weapon for every what, situation. What,
1: what's it called? Is it the club?
0: Maybe, or maybe it's called hammer. Okay. It's a piece of wood. It's a piece of wood
2: called hammer. Okay, yeah.
1: okay. It's um, an incandescent
2: light bulb called halogen. Okay. <laughs> what,
1: what, what it might be is partly... Um, That it has good scaling on... It does. It has good scaling. It has an
0: ace. It has an A scaling on strength. I've never seen anything else. I've never seen anything else higher than a C. Mm -hmm. It, in spite of the fact that it has basically no equip requirement, like, I guess the thing that is bothering me about this fucking stick is that it indicates to me that... The systems in the game make no fucking sense.
1: It probably... It it is probably a sort of thing that starts out strong compared to other weapons, but as you level them, it will even out and then become weaker. So, like, I, I bet a plus 10 club is not as good as a plus 10 sword.
0: Is there any way to look at it and understand that?
1: Um... I don't think so.
0: Does the weapon have a secret stat that is how much better a plus ten version of it is than Actually, a plus zero version now, of
1: it? Now that I think about it, that's probably not even true because now that I think about it, I think I think weapons just straight get a ten percent power increase for every for every plus you give them.
0: It's just that's that is that is an indication of a fucking crazy game that I don't <laughs> trust. That I don't trust. I have like, heard
1: that yeah, people like speedrunners apparently are really into like dual wielding and then power stancing clubs. Um.
2: What what is power
1: stancing? Power like? stancing is when if you if you have if you're if you have a weapon in each hand and they're similar weapons, you can hold down the triangle button or whatever triangle equivalent is for you and it you get like a slightly altered stance where you're attacking with both the weapons at once instead of attacking with one hand or the other hand
2: Mm Mm-hmm. and that does a bunch of extra damage
1: it's possibly it does well it does whatever the damage combined is of the two plus it it i think it probably does a little extra damage but also it you get different uh like different movements like like you might have a lunge that you wouldn't otherwise have or something like that
0: huh my my primary frustration that has led me to stop playing in the middle of Hyde's tower of flame is that blocking is so ineffective that the only way for me to defeat these giant old knight guys Mm -hmm. is to dodge a lot yeah and they're on these platforms where you're just constantly falling off the edge and dying
1: my experience with shields was that uh it seemed, yeah, it definitely seemed to me better to just learn how to dodge rather than trying to rely on a shield, and yeah, just like rolling around or or strafing around behind a guy. In Dark Souls One, I'm not able to get away with that. I've had to start learning how to use a shield in Dark Souls One, partly because the enemies are a little bit quicker when they uh, when they attack. They give you less of a like a visual wind-up cue. A telegraph. Yeah, they telegraph less. Exactly. And also, at least in the early sections of the game where I am now, um, you're fighting in much tighter spaces, so you don't get as much room to dodge. But, Is yeah.
2: there clipping? Do do you... Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, the, if you go to swing your clip-
0: weapon and it hits a wall, it's just like, yep, you don't get to attack. Yeah.
2: Do enemies wind up and hit each other ever? Yeah.
1: Uh I don't think enemies are susceptible to damage from each other.
2: If you wanted to, could you run through an area and aggro every enemy in the level and have them all coming at you at the same time?
0: Yes. Interesting. You'd be fucked.
2: Well, I'm I'm sure you would. I'm just I'm just curious, like is there some way to cheese the game there, at all? I mean
1: they will stop following you eventually. They have like you know they have like a leash threshold the way they do in WoW, but it's a pretty long one generally.
0: Dark Souls Two, can you could you like
2: get an enemy to fall off a bridge?
1: Oh yeah, that's ha- actually that's happened to me in in both games uh, quite a lot. Where I'll suddenly hear the something died noise and get some souls, and I'm like, oh, huh, I wonder what that was. Okay.
0: I wonder Dar- if you Dark Souls just- one has like a kick button too, right? So you can like just yeah. push a <laughs> guy. does Dark Souls 2 not have that?
1: It has something similar to that. I don't I don't know uh what that was because what that what the kick was for was to knock a dude's shield out of the way and my uh how I dealt with that instead of using what the, whatever the Dark Souls 2 equivalent of the kick was, was I would just, I would move up on the guy and try and bait him into attacking me and then dodge and then attack him. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it wasn't an issue
0: for me. That's all you played, though?
1: Uh, Yeah, other than the assignment, yeah. What about you?
0: I played this iOS game... uh that is like, it's, I think it's called metal slug defense. It is, it is a free to play game. That is a, you know, those games that there were a bunch of them on congregate for a while. I don't know what the sort of canonical one is, but castle
2: defense. Yeah.
0: It's like castle defense. You have a resource. You have a castle on the left side of the screen with a certain number of hit points. And they have a castle on the right side of the screen with a certain number of hit points. And you have like a resource that fills up that you can use to generate units that then just march across the screen. And just attack whatever they see. Only this is all like metal Slug sprites, and level graphics repurposed to the ends of this game. And then all of the units are metal slug sprites. So it's just like super, super nice looking pixel art. Hmm. Hmm. Also, every type of unit has an activatable ability, which makes it significantly more sort of interactive than those things normally are. And so far, I've just been playing it and making progress and advancing and having fun without feeling like I need to give them any money, so that's... Oh, it's free-to-play with that yeah, whole, it's like, free to play with Yeah, it's just free-to-play with microtransactions bullshit, yeah. Which, yeah, who knows? Anyway, so if you like Metal Slug, and you like games like that... If you like Metal Slug and Flash games, this is very much like a thing that's both of those. I also played... On the advice of a of a listener who told me about this, after I finished reading The Night Circus, I went to play Fail Better's uh, Story Nexus game that they made. That was like a sort of a pre-release promotion for The Night Circus, and tonally, like the way those guys write, I don't know how much of this was written by them and how much of us how much of it was written by Aaron Morgenstern, the woman who wrote the book. Um, But it's tonally very similar. They also did a thing that... uh, It's like, it addressed my primary objection to Echo Bazaar, which later became called Fallen London, which I think is what it's called now. But resulted... Like, it made a bunch of other changes that resulted in, like, a significantly less interesting game, Mm. I think. So... Fallen London gives you like 10 turns and then an hour later you come back and you can take another 10 turns. This has a, this has a cap of a hundred. So you can play once a day and not really feel like, and it's like, it's so like, I feel like people must've felt playing KOL in like 2005 because the server is so, it's not like it's crazy laggy. It's just that everything takes like a second to do. Mm -hmm. And so it's really frustrating to click 100 times in a row when each of them takes a second. That was kind of
1: my my experience with their uh, Black Crown as well, that it was slow like that. Just
0: sluggish? Yeah. I mean, and I don't think they're making any money, so they can't afford to have servers that are fast, so you know, whatever. This is why video games should just cost money. But it it's like Fallen London mechanically where you're you're gathering you know these things and some of them are objects and some of them are like emotional experiences and some of them are you know connections with other npc characters and stuff but unlike fallen london you have like there's only one place for you to go and it's the circus, and you slowly unlock the ability to, to like, sort of spend your turns at different nights of the circus performance in different towns where there's different things that are available to you, but there's only ever one thing. Like, the way that Echo Bazaar worked is you would draw cards from a deck, and then you could play any of those cards. Like, you could have the encounter that any of those cards represented. Mm-hmm. This one you draw, but your tableau is only one card. So you either do whatever random thing that it came up with or you've just waste you discard it and waste your turn like it's not like you get you don't get a choice of what to do and so you just get a choice of whether to do it or not yeah whether to do it or not and so there's all these cool things there's and all these cool things that, feed, the card that feed back action? into each other um spend your action spending resource. the action on the card is, is your action or discarding a card oh
2: okay
0: right so <clears throat> could you d- not Huh, I wonder if you get the I
2: wonder if you unlock the ability to have more than one card in
0: your tableau. I'm pretty far into it and I haven't yet. So, I don't I don't know. There's and there's a bunch of like just sort of things that you get that feed into other sort of branches, and I can imagine like I can I can see based on what I have seen of it so far. Like I can I can imagine a document that explains the way that this game works, but it's weird because you're not ever really given a choice about anything so it's like imagine like a binary tree of a choose your own adventure book right where every time you make a choice you unlock the next choice in the chain but then every time you go back into it you start at a random point so you can't say i want to do x and then do anything that makes that happen oh weird it's just sort of like It's a story with a bunch of dependencies because you'll get to a thing and it will be like, well, if I had, you know, if I had a a silver feather or whatever, I would be able to Mm. do the next stage of this instead of getting, you know, a memory of sorrow or whatever. Yeah, but you can't do it on purpose. You can't move towards a goal. It's just you are seeing all of these things in a random order. And when... The majority of the things that you're seeing are new and are a cool paragraph of writing. That's one thing. But when you start just seeing repeats of these nodes and still not having the thing that you need to get something new out of it. And when it's like when you just start like, all right, just click, get this, click, get this, click this, like, like, like it's a game instead of a fiction experience you know, when you just start messing with it, when you engage with it on a purely mechanical level, the way that you do when you still have 70 turns left Mm -hmm. and you've already read the same thing three times in a row, ten times, like, it becomes frustrating because you don't really have any agency. And it's... It's interesting because... I wonder if the only reason that Echo Bazaar didn't feel like that is because you couldn't play a whole bunch of it at a stretch. Well, you, uh, you,
1: you did, you definitely had like, like I think Echo Bazaar, you could have four or five cards up in front of you at a time.
0: Sure. You so you could, could definitely like make decisions about which with. thing you were doing. But in order to get a new one, you had to either play one or discard one, right? Yeah. Which is exactly the same. Right. in order to do something specific.
1: I think you also had the choice of what deck you were drawing from.
0: Oh, yeah, you definitely did. Yeah. In Echo Bazaar, you definitely did, because there were all of these different sort of sub-locations in each of the locations that you could go to. Mm-hmm. And also, it seems like in Echo Bazaar, the, the way that the story played out was a little bit more threaded. Like, there would be one thing, like, you would get a card that was like, investigating a mystery at a particular tavern or whatever and then that would make it so you always drew a card that was doing something in that tavern Mm, yeah i might be imagining or misremembering some of that but um yeah i'm trying to think i'm trying to think of ways in which this is actually mechanically different than the thing that i found dissatisfying (laughs) and i don't know that it is it might be entirely a presentational thing I have to imagine, though, that them just doing a promotional thing for one book because the mm-hmm. author of the book liked this thing, they probably didn't spend nearly as much time and energy developing this as they did their entire game that was supposed to be their livelihood. Mm. Um, but anyway, I also found out that the book was originally like a NaNoWriMo thing, which is huh. the strongest argument I've ever heard for NaNoWriMo not being so a was just complete bullshit over waste of time. The course of a month, and that was it. I think a version of it was, hmm. and the 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 woman who wrote it is very apparently a, b- a big proponent of the whole nano scene. Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Anyway, goddamn that book is good.
1: What are you I, reading now? I downloaded it. I haven't started it yet. Yeah, you you
0: have one. to. You you have to. You'll read. It. You'll read it. You'll read it fast, and you'll like it. I started uh, based on their discussion of this on the last Idle Thumbs. I downloaded. Uh, on Stranger Tides, which is just like a sort of a fantasy pirate novel from the Ooh. 80s, and it is so fucking good. I, I got it, and I was like, oh, man, is this the point where my Kindle just starts piling up with shit that I'm not actually going to read <laughs> the same way that my real-life bookshelves do? And then I was like, yeah, oh, I'm going to give it a shot, and after, like, the end of the first page, I was like, fuck yeah, this book, <laughs> like- they real quickly get right into the like, nope, this is a pirate world where magic is real. Like, okay, sold. Sweet. <laughs> like, t- how many ghosts were there in the first chapter? Like, 40 ghosts. <laughs> how many of them were, how many of them were like described as being like skulls with a pendulum of entrails underneath nice. it? One, which sold. is exactly the right amount. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is also your book, Riff. <laughs> Man, Stranger so good. Tides. On, on Stranger, Stranger Tides. On Stranger Tides, yeah. Which, apparently, the fourth like Pirates of the Caribbean movie was nominally based on that book, oh, right. but it wasn't really. I thought really... that sounded familiar. Yeah. Anyway, good pirate book. I also, because we left on this camping trip on Sunday, so I did not engage in this as fully as I had intended to. But there was like a double XP weekend in Star Wars The Old Republic. So I redownloaded Star Wars The Old Republic over our shitty internet connection at the house. And I played... hmm. I played a class that I hadn't played before up to... I don't know. I put like three hours into it, let's say. And the thing that made me stop playing it this time was not... Not that progress was going too slow or that there was anything really bad about the gameplay. I just had... An interaction with the community of that game that was so bad that I just put it away in disgust. I was like, all right, wow. I'm going to come up with something else to do with my weekend. What happened? It wasn't even that big of a fucking deal. It was just like a couple guys being assholes because I asked what they perceived to be a dumb question. And then they just decided to make fun of me a lot instead of being helpful. And uh, it, I think... Because of the double XP thing, the pacing was super weird, and also because of the way that I... Because, I mean, I fucking played this at launch and got a guide to the level cap. It's not like I don't understand things about the game. Right. A lot of it was like, I don't really know what has changed about it since then, so I might be operating under some faulty assumptions. But, like... So I played through the whole starter planet, started skipping a bunch of quests at the end, because, like, if you're getting double XP, you don't need to do the, like, generic quests, right? You just do the story ones that are actually interesting and sort of instanced combat and new stuff to do and, you know, at that point, you're unlocking so many sort of features of everything with every class quest that it's like, yeah, this is just like essentially like playing another Knights of the Old Republic game. And when I got to the second planet, I was like three levels past where you would normally pick your sort of advanced class and I couldn't remember where you were supposed to go to do that or how you were supposed to do it. And I, so I'm there and I'm like, do I need to go back to fleet to pick an advanced class? And half of the people in chat said no. And half of the people in chat said yes. And then the half huh. that said no. I'm like, okay, well traveling around in this game is bullshit because it was sort of They started making this game back when World of Warcraft was still a giant pain in the ass to travel around in. So that's like a lot of the way that they gate your sort of like satisfying progress through the world is increasing your mobility as you as you level up or now increasing your mobility as you buy things in the in the cash shop. But they have like a single use hearthstone that's like a dollar. Wow. (laughs) Like it's a. I guess I get, you know, like all you have to do is not buy it if you think that's gross. But like, yeah, anyway, I go to the, I go to the, they're like, no, you just go to the advanced, you just go to this, this class trainer and, and you'll do it. And I went there at first. I said, okay, where's, where's that guy at? And they're like, oh, he's in the Senate tower. So I go through the Senate tower and I run around looking around for where the guy is. I'm like, I'm really not. I'm not finding this guy. Like, go to your fucking map and click the fucking button that shows the fucking trainer showed up. And I'm like, hey, you know what? That is the first thing I tried, and it didn't show up on here. Are you sure it's in the Senate Tower? Then somebody private messaged me. It was like, it's actually in the commercial district underneath the Senate Tower. "Ah, For fuck's sake. So I get down there. The guy is non-interactable. The guy that they told me to go to to pick an advanced class just non-interactable. I'm like... Huh, that's weird. Is that a bugger? This guy's not doing anything. Are you sure I don't have to go back to fleet? And then it really was only just like a couple of guys who were just really, really being dicks about this. Like what ended up being the case is that because of this weird thing that happened, when you leave the first planet, there was a guy with a quest who is like, hey, do you want to go on this instance? Right. Like the first instance is a thing that's kind of like in between when you finish the starter area and when you go to the kind of central town mm-hmm. for your faction, which is like this space station or whatever. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that because it's a five man dungeon and I don't want to deal with. I just don't want to mess with this. Like, so I don't want to fuck around with, like, trying to get a group together in a game that, as far as I know, still doesn't have a like looking for group tool. I don't need like, I'm not really seriously playing this character. I don't want to get somebody. But then it turns out they've converted that to being a two-man dungeon. I'm like, uh, eh, okay. That I can I can handle that. So I get into a group with a guy, we get like two-thirds of the way through the dungeon, and he fucking disconnects. There's no way for me to invite anybody else into it.
1: Hmm.
0: As far as I could tell there was no way for me to leave the area because it's like this weird thing where it like puts you on a spaceship. It's not like it's just like a cave. It's like Hmm. you're on a ship that is going from your home planet to fleet. And it's like, as a story progression mechanism, it's sort of interesting where it's like, instead of just taking a taxi from the, the, you know, the, the village where you got trained as a Jedi to the big city where you're going to, you know, go forth on on larger adventures, it's like, oh, this cool, exciting thing happened on the way where you get, you know, some cool Jedi boots for killing a Mandalorian slave lord or whatever. You just fucking can't leave as far as I can tell. Mm -hmm. So what I had to do was just, I'm like, well, I can't use my like, you know, my Hearthstone equivalent because it's on cooldown. So I'm like, do I just I'm stuck here with a bunch of enemies that I can't kill because I'm only one guy. I, You know, I mean, I can kill some of the, like, n- random normal enemies or whatever, but I'm not going to be able to beat a boss. I'm not going to be able to, like, actually progress this thing and finish it. So, I guess I'll just log out. So, I logged out, logged back on an hour later. It D- turns out I didn't need to. If I had logged out and logged back on, it would have put me back to where I was because you can't be in that thing without being in a group but they don't want to like teleport you out as soon as somebody leaves your group right fucking MMOs man so much bullshit as a result of the fact that they have to be multiplayer because that's the good thing about them (laughs) but the stuff that everybody likes about modern MMOs is the stuff that makes them more like single-player games which just throws into sharper relief how bullshit the actual like moment-to-moment mechanical stuff that's going on is... Anyway, I I just end up going through the whole fleet thing and just missing the guy that gives you the quest to pick your advanced class, so I did end up having to go back there to do it, and then when I picked it, went back down to the the next plan, I was like, you know, like, I would kind of just rather play Knights of the Old Republic again (laughs) than do this. Like it, I was so... Like it just puts such a bad taste in my mouth, just like having people be mean to me for not understanding something. And I understand that, like, that's the internet, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, God damn it. Like, why is that the internet? Why is this thing like this? And I don't think it's because it's free to play. Like I think it was like that to begin with. And I mean, like I kind of have a story like this in every MMO that I've tried to play. And this probably happened to me in World of Warcraft. My primary interaction with the larger community of World of Warcraft was just me every once in a while just asking in public chat where the range store is. And then when somebody says, (laughs) what are you talking about? I say, my guy keeps saying I'm out of range. (laughs) And then mostly people could tell that's a joke. And so they wouldn't be like super mean. And also like. I didn't tend to ask a lot of questions in World of Warcraft. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, at this point, at this point, it does a pretty good job of it. And I mean, I've been playing it for so long that I kind of understand everything that's going on. But it's like the amount of hostility that gets directed at somebody for just saying like, hey, what's the answer to this question that I would have no way of knowing unless I kind of went everywhere and clicked on every guy to see what I mean. I guess it wouldn't have happened to me if I hadn't been ignoring non-plot quests because of the double XP. Mm-hmm. So, right. so that was a sort of a weird thing. Like normally, why is that not a plot quest to get your advance? Yeah, list? good fucking question. Mm-hmm. I, it's super, super weird that your storyline. Doesn't include you. Doesn't include the, the like, most important. Like, your storyline doesn't include picking your class, essentially. Hmm. like Weird. Yeah, it is weird. And, I mean, I don't know if it's because they wanted that to be a, a sort of a branching thing that you weren't gated by, but that you would just do naturally whenever you got to that place. And the infrastructure only allowed them to have one active class quest at a time. Like, that is just one quest.
2: Man, you're making me want to go back and play KOTOR, like, as a dark side character. (laughs) Just see what that whole half of the game is like.
0: Do you ever manage to do that? I always say I'm going to go back and play something as a bad guy, but then I play, like... I mean, I have never done it. I play, like, 15 minutes of it, and, like... You get too disgusted with yourself? Yeah, like, I blew up Megaton in Fallout 3, and I was like, wow, fuck, no, I don't want to, like... And then, like, the next step is I go, like, do a bunch of quests for the slavers. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no.
1: Yeah. The, when I, when I started playing, uh, Dark Souls 1, I asked on Reddit if there was, if there were any important differences I needed to be aware of. And not, not realizing that asking that question meant I was also going to get, like, like non-mechanical spoilers. But a lot, a lot of people said, kill the first merchant in Undead Town. Because he has a really awesome katana. And if you're playing Dex, you're going to want that. I was like, okay. I would not normally kill any non-violent, non-player character. Like in Dark Souls 2, there's this massive ancient dragon boss that's one of the harder fights in the game. But the first time you meet him, he's totally neutral towards you and just talks to you and just gives you the plot element coupon that you need. So I never killed him. I was like, this guy, I don't have a problem with this dude.
0: It's easy but, to the like the first merchant in Dark Souls 1 just looks like an enemy.
1: He, yeah, okay, I could see how it would be it would be easy to to accidentally aggro him if you didn't realize he was a But yeah, I mean I I bought a lot of arrows from him and and uh did not kill him right away because i needed a source of arrows but then i found another merchant and i was like okay so i don't actually need this guy anymore i guess i could kill him for his sword so i did but then i just uh, man i felt really shitty about it i feel better about it now because it turns out it really is a really awesome sword and i'm completely killing people with it but (laughs) at the time i i felt pretty bad
2: so you don't you you didn't like get over your guilt. You just really appreciated your your ill gotten gains. Yes,
1: exactly. I I okay. am, I I have hardened my heart to the
0: problem.
2: <laughs> I
1: see. <laughs> by by backstabbing a lot of ugly lizard men with it.
0: Yeah, but that was it. I played a little bit of that and the. <laughs> I. It also didn't... I think just because the internet is so shitty at our house, like, the combat didn't feel nearly as responsive mm-hmm. as I remember it feeling, and swinging a lightsaber around wasn't nearly as awesome as That's it satisfying. had been. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was free. It was a much better experience than I... Doing you know, nothing. it was a much cooler, giant, fucking multiplayer lightsaber combat game for free than... I would have been able to imagine in my wildest dreams as a 10 year old. So I guess it makes sense that I'm sitting here complaining about it now. (laughs) What about you, Kevin? Uh, I played
2: a fair amount of don't starve. Um, Having like watched Melissa play for a while. I like it was just sort of sitting there in the back of my head. And I finally was like, you know what? It's on sale on steam. I'm going to download this and play it for a while. And I really got into it. I really like it. Um, there's a lot going on in that game. And I feel like even after surviving my current character and there is survived for like 75 days, I feel like I'm just sort of scratching the surface of the, all the different systems and stuff that are going on in there. I just started experimenting with magic, which seems neat. Um, so it is like, so, you know, and I know you hate this, this analogy, I guess, but it's, it reminds me very much of the survival aspect of Minecraft, like that first couple of nights where you're like gathering materials and trying to like build up a little bit of a refuge before monsters attack Um, that just goes on for a long time (laughs) and uh, it is much harsher and the systems keep changing. Like, you, you know, you sort of like get some stuff going and you start, building up a little base or like a little sort of central area. And then you get like your first attack by wild dogs. And if you survive that, then winter starts setting in and the days get shorter and you have to figure out a way to stay warm and burn the dogs. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like you have to, you know, and then like food is a trickier situation to deal with. So if you didn't stockpile a bunch of resources, in the summer months and although also the renewable resources come back slower or not at all, like the saplings and the grasses don't grow in the winter as, as readily or, or at all. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how everything works. Um, so if you didn't stockpile those, you're kind of screwed. So, you know, like planning ahead once you've played through a couple characters becomes really important. Hmm. And all the while you're trying to, I think what you're trying to do is progress to a point where you, confront the demon that trapped you in this weird world to begin with or something. I'm not entirely clear what the, what the narrative of the game is. Um, but I keep encountering all these different new systems and wondering how they work and what, what they're all about and, and whatnot. Um, like I just found this weird plant that grows a bunch of little eyeball plants around it. And I, I was like, okay. And so I killed it and I got like a little, bulb so i could plant that again somewhere i guess but then uh i set up a little meat factory where i harvested rabbits and turned them into rabbit jerky um and i went back to sort of gather some more of that and another one of those like weird plants had popped up and destroyed a lot of my little meat farming infrastructure and i was like huh does this just grow places where you have a bunch of meat available for it or something um weird yeah, no, it's like there is a bunch of weird stuff going on in this game. There's like a whole, there are whole systems that I haven't interacted with yet because part of the, part of the problem with the game is that like the, the penalties for exploration um. are pretty harsh. Like if you, like there's a, like this, there's a, a metal ring surrounded by a ring of evil flowers and you can pick up that ring, but I'm, I have no idea what's going to happen if I do that. I'm guessing. a monster might attack me and if i don't feel like i could survive that attack if i die it's a it's going to be a a pretty significant setback right because like right now i have well isn't it no right now if i die i I come back but i only have one of those like i've already used Mm -hmm. i found two sort of respawn locations in the game and i've already used one because i got killed by dogs on like day 17 or something
0: um, how many hours into this game are you to have seen all this stuff? 10, 12, mm. maybe. I mean, I guess I rescind my objection to it on the grounds of there not being anything to it, but I maintain my objection on the grounds that it is this really unpleasant combination of high risk and boring.
2: <laughs> I don't I have not found it boring because Now that I understand sort of the basics of it, like I am constantly on the go gathering resources early game and mid game. I'm still just exploring new systems and trying to figure out what to do. Like right now I want, like the next thing when I play it again, I like want to, I'm like, okay, there's a big region that I haven't explored that I know is in an area with a lot of rock. So I can finally go get a lot of rock and maybe I'll try to build a stone wall around my little camp and see if that helps prevent attackers from coming. My, maybe it will. Who knows? I just have no idea how that's going to work. Right. Um, I've got a, I found a little familiar sort of thing. It's a, it's called Chester. <laughs> if you pick up, if you pick up this like bone with an eyeball in it, he just starts following you around and he is just like a mobile familiar chest and you can open him up and he's got an in like equipment slots and slide inside him. And he'll just follow you around, but he can be killed,
1: which is weird. Oh, do you not get the stuff back if he dies?
2: It drops on the ground, oh, okay. and, it, like, if he gets killed by, like, a firehound, then almost all that stuff just gets burnt mm-hmm. up. Um, so, there, there's definitely, like, some risks associated with putting stuff in him, but also, you like, your armor slot is the same slot as your backpack, So, to have extra carrying capacity, you have to be unarmed, or unarmored. Um, And so, like, having, like, when I know I'm about to get into a fight, I have to drop my backpack on the ground, equip my armor, and go fight the thing, and then hope that I can get back to my backpack, which has a bunch of other stuff, some valuable stuff in it, a lot of resources and whatnot.
0: That sounds horrible. It's super compelling to me, like... I am I mean, you and everybody else, like, I, I am the one who's wrong about this game.
2: I can imagine a situation where, if like, I don't know that I would have been able to get as quickly into it as I did if I hadn't watched Melissa play
0: it for a while, you know? Um, and I also did play it much, much earlier in its life when there was just a lot less going on, apparently. Oh, yeah. But I tried it again. I mean, I tried it again a couple weeks ago, and I played for two hours and nothing worth mentioning happened, hmm. which is why I didn't mention it before.
2: <laughs> I, uh, I, so I, I've unlocked a couple of additional characters. So like, it's just got so many compelling systems. Like, so there's the, your health meter, which when you take damage goes down, uh, there is your hunger meter, which is you know, where the whole, the central meter in the game, cause it's called don't starve, um. And then there's your sanity meter. And as your sanity meter goes down, weird shit starts to happen. Like. Nice. Oh, it's, it's re, it's, and it is done so, so well. Like, I did not realize that the game changed like that. Cause the very first character I played, I didn't, my sanity never really got all that low. But it would get, you know, on a, on a scale of zero to 200 or whatever, it would get down to like 150 or so. And every now and then I would see something and be like, Oh, weird. My my eyes are totally playing tricks on me. I thought I saw some like weird shadow thing move around, but it's just there's just nothing there. (laughs) And I would like I would go over and examine something, and I was like, what the that is so weird. And then it wasn't until I took some sort of massive sanity hit from fighting some really creepy monster that I realized what was going on. It's like they really do have shadow creatures that show up more and more often as your sanity goes down. Um and things like the rabbits, the the like the you know, the my primary source of food become these, like, weird, creepy nightmare creatures, and you can still trap them. That part still works the same. But if you then slaughter them to get their meat, sometimes, well, actually, most of the time, you don't get the rabbit meat. And instead, you get, like, uh, monster meat or uh, nightmare fuel or <laughs> beard hair or, like, just <laughs> weird, weird stuff. And it's... in. Some of that stuff is actually like the, like the nightmare fuel is used for a bunch of the magical stuff. So there are points where you need to be crazy to gather materials nice. for other crafting stuff. And in fact, one of the things you can craft out of in the magic tree is like an amulet, which makes you crazy. So it like, I mean, this all sounds really cool. It is neat. It's like it just such a, it's such a, a ton of like interacting systems
0: that is really satisfying there's just a real shame that when you get killed you have to fucking start over
2: that is definitely off-putting like i will i will grant you that but i have i've i you can definitely get to a skill level where you're going to be able to survive the first 10 days or so and in that time you should have explored the map enough to find one of those like respawn points right so that gives you a little bit of a safety net right so, like, I have a—right now in the game, I have a, a point where if I die, I will, I will respawn there. I have built a chest right next to it that has an extra weapon and an extra set, set suit of armor in it. So I can just—I can re-equip those right away and get back to wherever I was killed to go try to gather the stuff that dropped off my body. Right, so, like— And those are single-use? They're not single-use, but, like, it, when you die, all the stuff drops where you died. Mm. And if, and you, well, you are, the
0: respawn points are single use. The
2: single, yeah, so the respawn yeah. points are single use, not That's the, not the, the armor sense. and the, and the chest. Yeah. The respawn points, as far as I know, are single use. Cause I, when I, the only other time I've used one, like you basically touch, you have like a touchstone and it cracks when you re, when you end up respawning mm. there.
0: So. Can you like move to a new world with your guy and find another one or is it?
2: <sighs> when you mouse over the day counter it says world one it is entirely possible that going through a wormhole just dumps you into a new world that completely like it just respawns a new world i just don't know yet i went through in my very first game i went through a wormhole thing it said that was that was a crazy thing to do My, my sanity dropped some and i started off in a map where i as far as i could tell i couldn't i was not on the same map but i don't know so yeah, it's possible that like you you sort of use up a world. There are some re- resources which I think are non renewable, like trees grow back, and you can basically grow trees and grass and saplings for as long as you want. But stone seems to be a finite resource. Um, you know, I, and I could just be wrong. I just don't know.
0: Um, I don't know. I just feel like a game where the primary way in which you engage with the world is by eking out progress by gathering resources and building things and exploring sort of a tech tree is kind of fundamentally incompatible with permadeath permadeath. and like i mean if minecraft had permadeath it would be fucking genius jason Roar is jesus but like (laughs) if minecraft had permadeath nobody would want to fucking play it Like, and okay, so it's not just permadeath. If Minecraft had permadeath where not only did all the shit you were carrying go away, but so did the entire world Mm -hmm. and everything that you and everyone else had built in it, Mm. sort of like the way that real life has permadeath. (laughs) Like, that would be awful. It would be awful. I mean, I guess for the handful of people who were crazy and really got into it and, like, built stuff. Even though that was going to happen, it would be this transcendent experience for them. But generally, I don't think it would have taken off the same way.
2: All I can say is that the challenge is pretty compelling. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And maybe I'm fortunate in that I saw that it was possible to live for a couple of weeks without trouble. And if I had just kept dying after a couple of days, I think I probably would have given up on it
0: much sooner i always got bored and quit before i got killed oh huh. like what what did you find because bo- you just like you would because keep gathering i gathering because i would not take any risks because the first few times i played it oh here's a here's the easiest possible monster oh it killed me in one hit well never fighting anything ever again hmm. like because the penalty for failure is so harsh Right. I am unwilling to experimentally do anything. And Monsters so are really strong. I just play it super safe and it's super fucking boring.
2: If you wear if you're wearing armor and you have an actual weapon as opposed to like the axe or something like that, you, you can you can do pretty well against most stuff. You just have to be careful that those don't break. Yeah,
0: but it's like the way that you get armor is by going and just like click, 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 click. click. Click, click to chop down a fucking tree. Sure. And then that gives you one one hundredth of a suit of armor. You hold the, you hold so the, the button you down. You do it and 90. Shop. Sure, but it's, t- it's fucking boring.
2: And Minecraft isn't?
0: It is because, I mean, it, you're right that like cutting down trees in Minecraft is not fundamentally more interesting than cutting down trees. And don't starve, but you don't, you're not going to just lose everything that you gathered and have to start over every time. Like, sure. If I, like, if I'm gathering a thousand wooden blocks in Minecraft, it's because I'm going to build a wooden house Mm -hmm. and then that's still going to fucking be there even if some bullshit causes me to get killed by a spider or whatever. Like.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, like the first time I died, I felt like I, like I had a bunch of resources and stuff and it was sort of dissatisfying when I got killed, but starting off the second time I knew so much more like the player knowledge carries through and you're, so much better at dealing with threats and sure changes of seasons and stuff like that. So if you can get if you could ramp up that cycle, I feel like it becomes more satisfying and you feel less powerless and less susceptible to the random stuff. Like I'm I you know, I'm I am more willing to experiment now because I know how some of the systems work. You know, I put on my armor and I equip a spear and then I'll go attack some spiders instead of letting them attack me when I'm unprepared and getting my ass handed to me, you know? Yeah. So,
0: I mean, I guess, I guess I kind of have this particular problem that I'm about to articulate with Minecraft, where if you, if you get to the first night in Minecraft and you don't have, you haven't found any sheep on the map. And so you can't make a bed and warp to dawn then it just fucking sucks because like if you don't if you also didn't find any coal or whatever you're just like well I know what to do to be completely safe it is to sit here and wait for the fucking clock to run out yep. it is to mm-hmm. board myself in, in a place where I can see whether it's daylight or not but no monsters can get in and just basically just go make a sandwich
2: <laughs> i've and i've done that many times yeah. and come back when the game says it's, it's time it's actually improved recently now that
1: you can you can burn logs to make charcoal, which is identical functionally to
2: coal. So right. You, so you can actually so you be mining.
0: Actually, you can yeah. be mining during that time, but in Don't Starve, there's fucking nothing useful that you can do at night.
2: Well, that's when I build stuff. That's that's when I I use that time to to like research the tech trees, basically. And then you can also just sleep through the night too. It just you just have to have a lot of food because it makes you very hungry when you wake up. Uh-huh. So there's cuz you can just you can get single use bed rolls and stuff
0: yeah i remember having that happen at some point a bed roll showed up in the list of things that i could make but this last time i played i just never saw it well you have to build the science machine first i know okay like eh.
1: science machine <sighs> is a is a strange invention
0: yeah, yeah, it's it's very yeah, it's all, general. It's all very it's all very precious. It's very weird.
2: There's that, and then there's the the like alchemy generator, and then there's the I'd, I'd probably not called that the alchemy machine or whatever, and then there is the prestidigitation, or post, prestidigitron or something like that, which hmm. is it, it, it's the thing that lets you research other magic recipes, and it is made out of a top hat four rabbits and some boards. <laughs> that's, you know, that's pretty cute. Mm-hmm.
0: It's adorable.
2: Yeah. Uh, that is basically, that's basically all I played. I played a little bit of a uh, garden gnome carnage uh, by a guy named Daniel Remar, which is like a super weird flash game um, where you are a garden gnome attached to the top of a building by a bungee cord no, sorry, you are the building with a garden gnome attached to you by a bungee cord. Huh. And you are rolling the building left and right as Santa's elves uh, attempt to climb up the side of the building. Uh, and if they get to your chimney, the game is over um, because you hate Christmas. <laughs> and as you, pr- as you play the game for a while, uh, more stuff starts coming at you like Santa's in sleighs and presence with little legs on them
0: what does the gnome do
2: uh so he swings around on this bungee cord and you if you you hit elves with oh them, he's like your weapon he's your weapon yeah he's like a little swinging mace that you gotta move around with sort of a weird physics engine style approach
0: it is super
2: weird but kind of fun at the same
0: time <laughs> Any news catch your fancy, either of you gentlemen?
2: I saw today that uh, Kodak said that they're spending over $500 million to make Destiny, the new uh, Activision Blizzard game.
0: Huh. Yeah. It's probably a shooter.
2: It's it's like a combo first-person shooter RPG game. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
0: Well, maybe I'll like it. Hmm.
2: I mean, it seems like it might be really cool. I am not sure if this is the one that they're going to have some weird, like transmedia tie in stuff or not, but I think that might be part of it as well. It, the screenshots and stuff that I've seen, it looks like a looks cool like game. Halo town. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, they're hoping to, to build a new franchise, multi-billion dollar franchise, like uh, halo or call of duty or whatever. So, and I, I, am I wrong in thinking that Bungie is yeah, involved in this? So, yeah. Anyway, video games.
0: Did you guys see where they put a camera on the International Space Station that's broadcasting HD video on the internet in real time all the time? No. It is really awesome to think about and then really boring to actually <laughs> watch because it's like, oh, it's clouds. Okay. <laughs> and a lot of the time. One might say half the time it's just black because <laughs> it's the space, the space station spends half of its time in the dark and it's, it's over not the really ocean. in the dark. It's just
2: facing the dark side of the planet. Right. Cause like it's,
0: well, yeah, but that means that it is the planet is also obscuring the sun, which means that,
2: well, okay. But I, I guess what I'm saying is it wouldn't be like, yeah, no, it's, it's probably what old. I'm
0: saying is if you have a camera pointed at something, all you're seeing is black. Okay. Like, which is not, you know, yep. yes, that's fine. <laughs> right. But it's not fun.
2: Maybe they could, uh, they could show cartoons during those
0: periods. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> or, okay, better yet, uh, build another satellite, which is a projector mm. that shows Disney movies on the dark side of the earth.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So then that would also be
1: them
2: onto the dark side of the earth.
1: So nobody can ever get any sleep.
0: (laughs) Well, okay.
2: (laughs) If you are a person on the earth and you happen to be like lit up by, you know, one of, I don't
0: know if it was in real time, what that would mean for most people is that (laughs) it would be like, daylight except the sun would just rapidly change colors in a way that as far as you could tell was just fucking nonsense
2: <laughs> would it be it would it be the sun
0: well let's say the projectors as bright as the sun if we're just making shit up let's okay. go all the way
2: <laughs> okay but it would also be just oftentimes you would be in a dark section like if the credits were rolling most of the time you would probably okay. be in in darkness sure um okay right so you could sleep you could sleep when the credits
0: were rolling okay
2: here 's the question: do they install low earth orbit satellites that project the soundtrack
0: <laughs> Well, it depends because the only way you can see the movie is if you 're in space,
2: which you, or you can 't hear yeah.
0: so yeah, no. so you, no
1: you need one of those little uh, uh the speakers that you hang on like from the drive in, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> just a wire running from that to I don't know. Where do you even keep the sound? Like, how do you get if the, yeah, if the, where's the sound coming from? If the picture is just a projector on the space station, you would think you'd have the sound. Normally <laughs> the sound and the video don't come from two sources that are thousands of miles apart. <laughs> right. So yeah. Riff, any news?
1: Um, I mean, nothing spectacular. Um, Blizzard released Lost Vikings for free.
2: Oh, that's cool. Yep. Is it available for a Mac? No, unfortunately. Just, just a PC?
1: Yep.
2: Did they open source it?
1: I don't think so. Okay.
0: This assignment, Detective Grimoire.
1: Yeah. I,
0: I couldn't do it. Really? What? Yeah. I just... I. It was so, I tried like three times to get going on it and Mm -hmm. I was just like, man, I would rather be doing anything than playing this video game. It's just not my kind of thing at all. Hmm. So this is all you guys because this was so out of my wheelhouse that.
1: I thought it was, you know, it was cute. The puzzles were not even
2: puzzles. No.
1: Like I I don't I don't know what they were they, thinking. They might as well
2: that. just not have been there.
0: Yeah,
1: like like if you've got like a puzzle where you've got a red or yeah, a red, yellow and blue object and you have to pick the two
2: of them that will combine <sighs> to make green and you do that 5 or 6 times. Yeah,
1: that's and and like this isn't a what game for f- Fuck. This isn't a game for three-year-olds. Uh, I mean, a pre-kindergartner isn't going to follow the story. So why is this an activity? And it doesn't even make sense in the context of no. the fiction Some... because what you're doing is is trying to figure out the chemical composition of this
2: green fluid. And it even says it's made out of like what carbonated water and yeah, and s- like corn syrup, syrup, and, syrup and food coloring. Yeah, so that is not related to this blueberry and this daisy. <laughs> yeah no that that so was I do not even know what the hell
1: that was but but the all the like of- lock
2: puzzles were dumb there was, like the the one puzzle where you had the like string between or the chain between two things on a little
0: maze was oh, like yeah. okay that was, right. yeah, that was that was the only puzzle I did, and it effectively because I accidentally dropped one end of it and it just fell all the way to a point where it was obvious how to get it off the bottom of the maze just solved itself huh. <laughs>
1: So yeah, puzzles, no great shakes, but, but I liked how, like how the story sort of gradually pieced itself together as you walked around and talked to the different people about different things. I I thought as, as like a, I don't know, not exactly choose your own adventure, but, but as, as a detective solving, um, a, a mystery, it was a, a decent implementation of that. I thought. Sure. And the voice acting was pretty acceptable and. The writing was like mediocre. Me mediocre
2: to good. There was some yeah. there there were some laughs.
0: Um the voice acting was not very good.
2: It depended on the character. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. uh the main character did not The main character me was
2: anything. yeah, the main character was not my favorite.
0: I also was kind of put off by the art. Really? Of the characters. Oh. J- the execution of the art. Like not like the style wasn't even bad really it's just like I don't know I found the characters to all be kind of grotesque hmm. interesting
2: I, it was very similar to in a lot of ways to like Professor Layton like some of the characters in there are kind
0: of oh no way really? Professor Layton is real pretty but the characters are often grotesque well so I guess in in the sense of having like exaggerated features or whatever but this was just like in the sense of their eyes being these weird floating things that weren't connected to anything <laughs> and st- like
2: <laughs> I I kind of wished that there was a limited resource of being able to show something to somebody or that there was some sort of penalty yeah, for show because yeah. like as it was you just showed everybody everything mm-hmm. and unlocked there all of There was also
1: that mechanic attributes. where like all the It gave you all the information that you learned about the characters, and you could mark those things as either being suspicious or not suspicious. Yep. Did that do anything at all? Nope.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I went ahead and did it, because I thought, oh, okay, well, maybe if I make it clear that what's his, you know, uh, spoiler person is obviously the, the, the criminal, then... Maybe that will open up some sort of new yeah. choice for me or whatever, but it just never did.
0: I mean, maybe it's just like a personality test, and they're trying to figure out, does this guy think that everything that every black character does <laughs> is suspicious? <laughs> they're just trying to profile you. <laughs> okay. Uh,
1: trick question, because there's no black characters in this.
0: <laughs> mm.
2: Yeah. The, the the mystery was not particularly hard. Mm. I was... I. I kind of expected. I played through it thinking, "Oh, well, this is probably just the first mystery of multiples in this game, because this can't possibly be the whole game." And I mean, I guess there there was you know two two hours worth of yeah, yeah. content there, but I was a little surprised that it was just over and that yeah there wasn't more going on. It I mean, it looks like they're planning
1: more episodes, but sure, yeah.
0: Well, what are we doing next?
2: So, I think we are going to play a weird little game maker game from a couple years ago called EG, I-J-I. It's by that same same guy that uh, I was playing, that um, gnome, what was it called? Garden gnome carnage. Mm. Uh, So, I'll post in the forums how to find that. Uh, If you Google it, it's one of the first things that comes up, I think. Yeah, if you Google for like
0: I-J-I game. Yeah, it's, how yeah, it it's kind of Metroid-y,
2: right? That is my impression. My impression is that there's a fair amount going on. That there's actually some depth there, even though it doesn't necessarily look like much. So, right. I'm I'm curious if we just give it a chance to see what uh, see see what it's all about.
0: Yeah. righty. Well, Kevin, yes. if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail for the listener's mail segment that we skip every single time, yes. How would they do that? Well, they could tweet us
2: at VG they could email us at VGhotdog at gmail.com. They could go to our website
0: facebook.com <laughs> uh, slash
2: facebook.com videogamehotdog.com slash facebook and on there we have a, uh, a link to uh, send in questions and comments and stuff Twitter. And we have what the first thing I said was Twitter at VG hot VG hot dog.
0: I was listing another thing that we have a link to.
2: Oh, uh yeah. And on Twitter. our Twitter, you can there's a link to our website. And on our website, there's a link to our Twitter. <laughs> you can
0: just get lost yeah, in that maze if you want
1: stuck forever.
0: Um Gentlemen, there's a skeleton with a sword. <laughs> it's been an episode.
2: It has. <laughs> and
0: I've enjoyed making
2: it. I have enjoyed it as well, sir. I, I agree.
0: Let's do it again real soon. Okay, bye everyone.
2: Have a great week, everybody. Bye.
1: The place where, like, Boot Hill Cemetery, which may or may not be the real original one, is and stuff.
0: Oh, so you're you're suggesting that it might be Reboot Hill Cemetery? Re-
1: oh, wow. <laughs>